This is the Unearthing Art Podcast with Michelle Luminato and Beck Lee, where we dig into the messy reality of making art that matters, raw and real conversations about being an artist, navigating the creative process, and expressing our honest and sometimes weird selves. Hello, lovely listeners. Today, I'm bringing you something a little bit different from our usual unearthing art conversation. And that's because my podmate and partner in creative chaos, Michelle, is recovering from her first bout with COVID. Yes, she did manage to avoid it until now, but it has really affected her throat and voice, which is why we couldn't record last week and we are not able to record again this week. So she's super keen to get back to the mic, hopefully next week. But until then, we thought we could do something special for you. We know many of you like to listen to the podcast when you're in your studio, and we can imagine we're right there with you having a chat, which is great because being an artist is generally pretty solitary work. And when it feels hard, we can wonder if we're the only ones who feel that way, or we can get lost in our thoughts and worries and forget why we love making art and how much power we have within to create something new right in this moment. So we've pulled together a few clips from our 30 episodes so far to create a kind of studio pep talk to let you know you're not alone and hopefully to encourage you to keep going. As a self-employed person, as all of us artists, we're self-employed, we're running our own business and I know both you and I have also been self-employed in other industries and other careers previously. I think there's some percentage of you that's unsettled and just sort of assessing the environment, looking around, thinking, am I doing the right thing? Am I going in the right direction? Is this working? Yeah. We must all think about quitting at some time or another. I will tell you that for me, it was not just one time at one time or another. It was several times along the way. Because especially when you have had wins in other areas of your life, it's extremely frustrating, I think, to come into this world of identity shifts of doing new stuff. I don't know what I'm doing. And the feeling of not knowing what you're doing and starting from zero is daunting. And you're like, this could be a really bad idea. And I think that the protection mechanisms that our brain has is like, this is definitely a bad idea this does not feel good. It does not feel certain. It feels unknown. It feels uncomfortable. And then there's all that self-talk of like, surely this is not going to give you a good result. And it certainly isn't going to give you a good result quickly. I think that's the other part that's super frustrating is we want quick wins. We want quick results. We want to have these beautiful finished paintings right away. And it's just, it's hard. And I think yeah. yeah, I can count. Actually, I probably can't count how many times I was always thinking this can't be good. I had 80% can't be good, 20% there must be a little bit of hope. So yeah. I definitely felt like for me, without grabbing onto that 20% of hope in a really big way so that it could overcome the 80% doubt, I wouldn't have what I call survived that really uncertain period of not knowing who I was, what did I stand for in my art and all of that stuff that comes with it. That period where you don't know what you stand for or what, what your art's about, when you're really in that messy, middle, unknown stage and when you kind of spiral in that, 
I think the reason you think about quitting and I think about quitting is that you kind of forget why you even started. Why you're doing this. (laughs) What was I thinking? Yes, because, I mean, the artist process way is it's it is hard. I mean, it's and the thing is, there's no one that's going to come and save you. There's no one who's going to be like, look here, if you just do this one thing, it's going to all work out, you know, like you have to pick yourself up over and over and over. And and I think the first step, you know, is getting to know yourself and remembering who you really are. So there's this unpacking mm. of things that has to happen, but it's remembering why you're doing it in the first place that becomes critical. I think the thing that happens is you get the far- the farther along you get in your journey, you just forget those little important things. And one of the things that became really important for me was to paint a picture of what do I actually want my art career to be about? What do I actually care about? What do I what do I envision? How do I want to show up? How do I like how do I want to show up every day? But also, what's my end game? What's the long game? What am I in it for? And so what I ended up doing was I started looking at like, well, who are examples of artists that I love their trajectory, like where they went with life and what they were doing? Or And then I even looked at really, really top end artists of how far can I go? How far do I want to go? And I think mm. we put ourselves in these boxes of not really dreaming very big. Mm-hmm. And because we're like, oh, well, how could I possibly do that? I just made the crappiest painting yesterday. How could I even dream about getting in a museum or a gallery or anything really high level? And maybe that's not for everybody. But for me, I was thinking, how, how far can I go? How far do I want to go? What would I, how would I want to do that? How many pieces would I want to make a year? Just yeah. really painting that picture of what would it look like? What could it look like? I wanted to really start defining how I actually wanted to spend my days that would give me a balanced life because I was I was really looking at how does this fit into my whole life? Mm-hmm. How does this how does this affect all pieces of it? And it goes back to the, why are you creating in the first place? Like, I want to have an artist lifestyle in my life, full stop. There's no option. Yeah. And what is the artist lifestyle? Because I love that. I love the idea that it's the process. It is the process. It's it's how you show up in the studio. Do you like to go for walks in the morning before you show up in the studio? Do you like to drink your tea? Do you like to have a cup of coffee with your partner? Like, what what does your actual day look like? And I know that sounds really basic because I just talked about living the life of the the big vision. But in order to get big visions, we have to learn how to show up every day and tackle that one little thing. So I think for me too, the other part that has been important is this adventurous mindset that knew that today was not the day that I was going to be in a museum or a gallery. You know what I mean? It was like today was just about being adventurous and showing up as as, as authentic as I can be and listening to this internal gut feeling rather than outside influences so that I could quiet all the noise and just listen to what was really true inside, right? I think it's so interesting what you said, having a vision and then understanding how that fits in day-to-day life and then make that connection with the idea of the artist lifestyle. And I think it's interesting because I'm not sure how much people across the spectrum of jobs 
think about that, their life and their work in a very integrated way. And perhaps that's something that really appeals to us as artists. And that's where we start doing this kind of work because when you get to a point in life where you're feeling a disconnect between how you're spending your so-called work time mm-hmm. versus how you're spending your leisure time or other time and you start to want to create a more integrated yeah sort of wholehearted life yeah where what your work is becomes kind of an expression of your life so that's the artist's lifestyle isn't it certainly why I started this and I can imagine for you and for others as well is because We want to have our work to be more expressive of us as a whole person and our life as a a kind of a work of art. I think that making pretty pictures is part of the beginning journey because in response to learning to be a painter is you do a lot of ugly stuff. You really crave something that works and that's pretty. And I love pretty pictures. I still love pretty pictures. It's just has to be more than pretty pictures for me now. You can have these technical problems that you're solving that have to do with paint and hard skills and how paint works, how you use a brush, all that technical hard skill stuff. And then there's the soft skills of what does the art actually mean? And, and I think when it comes to just doing pretty pictures, I know for myself, I was just working on the hard skills. I was just working on how does this paint work? How can I technically make it look like this? How does it do this? And so those technical skills, I think, are easier to learn, you know, and focus on in the beginning, at least for myself. I don't know about you, but I just found that mm. it's it's easy to put the other stuff aside because you're like, oh, I've got all these technical problems I need to solve. I'd love to to solve those, but it can easily be an excuse or derailing you from looking at the harder questions, you know, around why do I like these things and what do, what do they mean to me and how do they come alive in my painting? And to people who are curious, it's just not satisfying to only mm. do the technical questions. And I, you could say that, yes, I'm a deep thinker and I need to have more substance, but I think it's just not satisfying. I think we're too curious. I think the technical questions alone are not enough. Yeah. Is that what you found? Do you think that's what led you in your journey? Absolutely. I'm just too curious to not continue to ask the questions of what about this and what about this? Then I need to ask the technical question on how to solve that. But I first I need to figure out what is it that I love and what is it that I like? What am I about? Mm. And then the technical questions become, oh, how am I going to do that now? I'm just smiling to myself because what popped into my head is that just like creating more complicated challenges yes, or problems for us to solve. And it's a lot more challenging to solve the problem. How do I express this feeling and this unique perspective than how do I mix the right shade of blue yeah like, which is the more interesting yeah we're just hardwired to seek the more interesting problem to solve i'm deeply interested in the process in the inner world as that we have as human beings and i think that artists are expressing that in writing and in art 
And I think when we talk about art that matters, sometimes when we get into the midst of expressing something that's very personal to us when we're in the studio, I really do think that we can get the idea that that's not valuable. It's not real art. It's somehow less than because it is more feminine, internal, kind of inner world perspective and that somehow if we were um, real artists, we'd be not just... (laughs) like doing therapy on canvas basically <laughs> uh, sorry but my number one rule and this is probably going against the grain of a lot of people because i'm like what that doesn't make any sense to me my number one rule what art has to do for me is it has to heal me the experience of making painting and art it has to feed me like i see it as a place that always heals me so mm-hmm. the fact that that wouldn't be important would blow like just it's not an option to think like that. I'm like, no. It blows your mind. There is no like, way there is in the no universe <laughs> way in the universe that you can tell me that art does not heal. So that is yeah. my starting point. That's yeah. my base. That's my foundation. There's more advanced things that I think about now. Um, but I'm like, that's important, people. We want to be healthy individuals where it's a whole body well-being experience. That's a gift that it gives us if we allow it to. I think it's just a really big missed opportunity to not have that as the foundation. People might say, well, that's great. I'm glad that you're a a happy, healthy human being. But what has that got to do with making art that, I don't know, great art, art that sells? I mean, there's just so many different versions of how people value art and what they think matters. Mm -hmm. But I will say that something that I have believed for a really long time back from when I was copywriting and writing for businesses. And what I found over time is that I only wanted to work with people who had a core belief in what they were doing. To me, that's really important because energy communicates. And in terms Mm -hmm. of writing, that's one of my basic principles that I believe in is that the energy that you bring to the page communicates through those words when you want to communicate in writing you need to come to the page and be and believe in it believe in it and be just calmly confident about the value that you have to offer and feel it with your whole heart and now I'm seeing how that directly relates to what you're saying about art Mm -hmm. because what I'm saying is the paint on the canvas or whatever it is also communicates the same energy it matters the intention that we have internally invisibly can have enormous impact on that art that we create and how other people perceive it for me what makes it matter is art that comes from something that's very essential and internal and deep and important to you Mm. whatever that is i think people worry that what they have inside of them is is not a valid point of view. And it's around trusting that you'll find the audience. There's the work that matters that sometimes feels like, oh, well, if I make this, no one's going to buy this. This is what I really care about. Mm -hmm. But I think that sometimes that leads us to making work that's like we water down our ideas because we want it to be palatable, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. So then there becomes more sameness. We look to other people. Oh, well, this is what a painting should look like. And we look to these outside resources beyond our own internal gut instinct of what 
paintings should be like. And I don't think that that is something that we have to worry about. I mean, the world is such a huge place. It's so big. Yeah. And we can always find people who align with our vision. People who resonate with that with that energy that we're putting out into the world. Yes. Which it sounds really woo-woo. But I really feel that in a really in a yes. really practical way. In a really practical way. People want what we have within us to give. As simple as that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I think I just feel like making work that matters has so much to do with expressing ourselves as individuals. And really tapping into, again, why are you in the studio in the first place? And I don't feel this heavy burden of, oh, I don't want to get in the studio. I'm more of like, I made a huge disaster in there yesterday. That didn't work. What can we do today that may or may yeah. not work? You know, and so yeah. it's always the state of curiosity that brings me into what matters for me. That hits on a point that's really important about part of this process mm -hmm. is, is actually bringing out into the light and acknowledging what's going on inside your head. What are the competing demands? Because I have been in the studio standing in front of that painting wall and probably in the early days, completely unbeknownst to me, had these conflicting voices in my head going at the same time. So I'm there thinking, should I put green in this bit or is now the time to put a, a glaze on? I don't know. And meanwhile, in the back, the other one that's also saying, are other people going to like this? I haven't seen a lot of green paintings yeah. on the internet yeah. lately. Oh, I really like how that other artist has these kind of things. All of those things could potentially matter, couldn't they? So you have to bring that out in the open, look at those different views yeah. and say, okay, let me just state for myself what does matter to me? What is the most important thing to me? And I think it's really important that these conversations are out there because it's just good to know that all these aspects of art making do exist. And if it's going on inside your head at the moment in your studio, you're not alone. We <laughs> yes, all have these yes. questions. We all work through this stuff to try and, and sort out what's important to us, what's drives us where do we find that that really i don't know uh, niagara falls where do we find that niagara falls of of energy that we want to pour into our expression in the world that's that's what we're here for and i'm gonna leave you now with a little bit of bonus fun this is a clip from the very very first time michelle and i did a test recording together in preparation for starting the podcast now, our process is that we record each end of our conversation separately, and I put those two files together for editing. And I had read that in order to get those two audio files aligned or in sync more easily, it was a good idea to have a loud noise like a clap on both mics at the same time so that you can match those up. Well, you're about to hear what happened, and I think it gives a good indication of what was to come. Thanks for listening, and we will catch you next time. But before yep. we go any further talking and testing, I want to do, we're going to do a, a sync clap in front of our, yeah, in okay. front of our mics. So we're going to go one, two, three, clap. Okay. Okay. Okay, ready? <laughs> I don't know how this is going to work. Okay, ready? One, two, three. Do we do it on the three? Is that better? One, okay. two, two, three. <laughs> oh.
<laughs> oh my gosh, I am seriously gonna have to concentrate. All right, ready? Okay, one, two, one, three. Two. <laughs> That's not a slow, steady count. One, two, three, go. You gotta, you gotta let go. Okay, one, all right. Ready? One, two. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I don't know if I'm... Are you known for your bad rhythm? Just, like... <laughs> I'm not known for my rhythm. My kids definitely make fun of me all the time. Oh, my God. But I think who, I'm in rhythm. Who knew that, who knew that your rhythm was going to get in the way of podcasting, Michelle? <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh.